Hey everyone, I'm Amanda. And I'm Allie. We are so glad you have joined us today. Our podcast is a platform for women to share their stories. We have a different woman share her story on the first of every month. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but in the end, it's always encouraging. Be sure to hit subscribe so you'll be alerted the next time that we have a podcast. We'd also love to connect with you on Facebook, on Instagram, or even our website, livingoutloud.today. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you will enjoy the show. Now it's time to get to know our next guest. Welcome to our July podcast, which really it's February. I'm just being honest, like I was on the last um, episode. We are recording, getting ahead because Allie is about to have a baby. Like she is about to have this baby boy. Any day. Any day. Right now. We just had her shower. <laughs> we showered her with love and celebrated. Bentley the Brave is what I call him. His name is Bentley the Brave. Um, and so, but this is our July podcast and we have a very special guest and we always talk about our favorite things at the beginning. And a lot of times it's just Allie and I, but today we have invited one of our special friends, two of our special friends, our guest, Kay Geiger. Say hello. And Austin Dillon. Hi. Who lives here in Oxford with us. So, anyone want to share their favorite things? I do. Okay. I'll jump right in because I, I feel like I'm always, my favorite things are never actual like things that you can touch and you're yours always are Amanda I love <laughs> yeah. that and I need to do better at that but I'm just gonna say my favorite thing because this this trip are grandparents right now because mm. my, well my grandparents and my great-grandparents because they are watching my babies and it has just been so helpful they've been taking care of Brooklyn and keeping her in Arkansas for a whole week so that I can have free time and we have plans for all that to happen throughout the summer so that is great and that is like better than material things that you oh yeah so like you know yeah those are like it's it could be anything so but i just want to enjoy my free time and she'll always remember that too yeah well and my my grandma actually texted me last night and she said we were playing and brooklyn just randomly shouted I'm so happy <laughs> and it just shows how deeply loved she is and she feels it and knows it and I mean she asks to call me but she doesn't get upset she's like hi mama I'm playing I'm playing Aww. so that's such a blessing it is it really is and I'm so thankful for that I'm thankful that she's being loved on and she's being cared for and I'm being able to be cared for in my own way yes by myself free time that's so good okay what about you Austin my favorite thing is the Disney Plus app, and I know I'm probably oh. late to the party because I've heard about it for a while, but um, we were doing, we were doing Pure Flix, and I canceled that, and I was like, we'll try this free trial. Well, the best thing about it is I've been trying to wake up at 5.30 every morning to spend time with the Lord, and my four-year-old has been getting up with me, and that is, the point was for me to be alone <laughs> with the Lord. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I mean, whatever helps moms. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Kay? 
You know, one of my favorite things right now is my Roomba. Do you guys have a Roomba? Oh, that's a good one. Yes, I love it. I was resistant to the Roomba. I don't know why, but probably a year ago, my sister told um, Eric and the girls to get me one for Mother's Day. And I was like, no, I don't want a Roomba. I want something better. And, <laughs> and then I got this Roomba and I told Eric at Christmas, I want another one. And I don't even know what I would do with it. I don't even have a place to put another one. I just like it so much. Yes. I, don't, I, use, I use this thing every single day. I can't believe how much dirt we create. Okay, so I'm sure, I mean, most people know what it is. If you don't, it's, why don't you explain what it is? It's like it cleans the floor automatically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Independently. It's like a robot. Yeah, yeah I, have the, I have the basic one. So, because I've seen now they will even mop your floor, which is very oh. enticing. But mine is just the Amazon with the one Amazon recommends. Yeah. And it just has a little base and it charges and you can start it and, you know, tell it to stay in a certain room or not. And it vacuums your floor. It is vacuums it, your floor. Is it the iLife or is it actual Roomba brand? No, it's not the Roomba brand. Yeah. It's, it's like the Amazon choice. I, don't, yeah. I forget and which it's one. Awesome. It's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. Okay. Well, let me tell you all a story. Um, before we got ours, I do love it. It's awesome. But Kay, you need to know this because you have a dog. Have you heard? Oh, I've heard. I know what you're going to say. Okay. So you can't, like, if you have it on a timer, you got to make sure that your dog's not pottying in the house. Mm -hmm. The Roomba is not going off at a certain time, like in the AM while you're sleeping and making a mess. That's tragic. So yeah, that would be a nightmare. So make that, sure. might be, that might be the wor- that might be worse than your kid doing that. I mean, that would be. <laughs> I mean, I just don't know if I could handle it. Okay, so this is so off subject, but it makes me think about whenever my baby, my kids were babies. I remember telling Lance because I just could not stomach cleaning up vomit. I remember telling him, I will do every diaper for the rest of their baby life. Even though he was more than willing and he did a few, you know, uh, I just never let him because I made this deal with him. If you will clean up the vomit for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I was thinking, okay, diapers will stop. Yeah. But like a 13 year old can still throw up. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What's your favorite thing? You know what? Surprisingly enough, I don't have one today. No way! I know. Okay. Yeah. Well, you do have a good question. A couple of questions. Yeah. Um, ask us those. Okay. So let me see. Um, what is something that you you do right now as an adult that's still childish? It's mm. hard. Okay. Did you hear okay. That? This is not that hard for me. Okay. I'll go. I'll go first. I still play. I still play Barbies with my kids. Oh, but but, but do you do it because like you know you've got to like it's it's good for your kids. Yeah, I do it. I do it by myself when they're at school. No, I'm just kidding. I don't <laughs> like do you really? No, I'm totally kidding. No, no, I do it because I I I still love playing. Yeah, I really do still love playing. Or yeah, that's awesome. Playing. Yeah, playing. That's well, that's okay I just thought of something so I don't really do it as much as I would like to and I really don't do it a lot at all anymore but I will say I would like to and I need to find time to but I love to color 
Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. Hey, they have adult coloring books. But I like the kids. Yep. Oh, yeah, they do. Like the adult ones aren't seen. I tried to do that when I was in labor with Brooklyn and I was like, forget this. <laughs> not coloring. I like, like the cute picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I still throw pity, pity parties for myself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't, they don't last long. They don't last long. And it's usually like by myself. And I'll just allow myself to throw the pity party and then I'll be over it. And I'm good. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Austin? Uh, that was something. Oh, um, we went to the arcade last night. I had a date with my son. Um, my daughter went to the Princess Ball with my husband. And we always go to the arcade um, during that. And we played skee ball. And I love oh. to play skee ball. And oh, really good. fun. Like, can rock up. So yeah. You know where you throw the heavy ball and it lands in the Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you very, that is are you really competitive with it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like I will I'm, I don't go easy on it. And I bet Drew loves that. He does. Yeah. He even swiped his car so I could play with him. Oh. And he calls. <laughs> oh, that's a good date right there. Yeah. That's a good mom and yeah. date. Okay, so this yeah. this is not childish, but this is making me think of the new thing that we have in town. And Kay, you are in California, so y'all may have had this for a while, but so we have this civil axe place. Okay. And you go and you throw axes. Like you have to be a certain age, obviously. But like my husband oh, no. has gone with some of his guy friends and taken our 16 year old and they love it. Like you just throw axes at this bullseye. Yeah. Do y'all have that? that? Hey, have you heard that? That sounds good for stress relief. Yeah. I know. Don't take your husband if you're mad at him. I'm just scared of Exactly. Him. Or anybody that you're mad at. No, exactly. <laughs> It's like somebody that you don't like. Hey, you want to meet me at the throwing axe place? <laughs> <laughs> they're always like, I mean, I, I'm glad that there people are coming up with fun new things to do because yeah. we need like. Why can't we come up with something? Throwing, I mean, throwing axes. Yeah. How easy is that? Well, what I, else think, can you I throw? think most people are bored and they don't realize it. Yeah, we need. To I think so too. Wait, I'm just like, you think that axes are easy to throw? I think they. To me, it sounds like. No, I'm it's saying heavy. the idea of it's easy to think of. Oh, okay. Like throwing axe. Oh, okay. Like I mean. I gotcha. Why can't we like throw water bottles in your thing? Because something. Yeah. That I'm sure they make so much money too. I know. You know. Okay. Well, um, we have a very special guest. You've heard her voice. Her name is Kay Geiger. She was actually our guest in February with her husband. We had them as a couple on to talk about marriage, and um, we are we just love her so much. We wanted her to come back. And so she has so many passions and I just knew that it would be a great, great podcast Mm -hmm. episode. So um, I'm going to read her bio to you and um, so here's what you need to know about Kay. She grew up in a small town in North Louisiana, the youngest of five children in the loving home of a high school principal her father, and school cafeteria worker, her mother. So Kay and I have been friends for a long time, just to update you on that, if you didn't get to catch the February episode, but she and her husband, Eric, were one of mine and Lance's first married friends. They got married a month before us, and just, we all started out in ministry together, some sweet times. So back to Kay, she, While Kay is deeply passionate about her own family, she has devoted her life to investing in other families too. 
in her career, both as an elementary school teacher and mental health counselor. Kay has sought to serve Jesus by loving children and their families well. Kay was rescued by Jesus at nine years old and believes kids are often capable of understanding so much more than we give them credit. Kay received her mother, her master's degree in mental health counseling from the University of Dayton, specializing in children. So we have a lot, of talk, lot to talk about, Kay. I feel like that person you just read about sounds way better than I actually am. <laughs> no way. I am here to testify that you are better, even better than that. Like you are amazing. And I've always thought that just your heart and your passion and you've done big things. And so um, I want you to tell us about your career as an elementary school teacher and how did you get into that? Okay. Um, well, you know, I grew up like Amanda just read. My dad was a teacher, then a principal, then eventually in the school board office. And my mom went back to, she went to, she um, worked with special ed kids for a while and then stayed home. And then when I went to school, she went to school too. She um, went to work in the cafeteria. She was cafeteria manager, which is the absolute ideal dream job for a kid's mom. I mean, I got the biggest cinnamon roll, the best piece of chicken. I mean, it was amazing. But I, I can remember um, loving playing school my whole life. I still love playing school, right? I mean, it's still really playing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister, I have a sister that's a college math professor and a brother who's now a superintendent of schools. So I think we have education just in our blood for sure. Um, but I didn't realize is how much I was going to love it. So I, I think for me, I watched both of my parents love families and kids well my whole life. And it just became second nature for me to have a desire to do that. So getting into education was kind of a no-brainer in a way. I, I had I toyed around with some other things when I first went to college, but as soon as I landed in education, I knew I was going to love it. That's awesome. That. That's sweet. Tell us, or go ahead. No, I was just going to say that teachers are just so important. When I think about like that, is where our kids spend most of their time. During That's right. That's right. Knowing that the teacher is there to kind of, you know, shepherd your kid's heart, whether it's in a private school or a public school, being that person that is investing in your kid all day. It's huge. I mean, it's, you are filling their tank all day with, you know, either encouragement or not encouragement. And so you have so much power as a teacher um, to love them and build their confidence. And I often really do believe that, For me, and I've always been in public school, but for me, the ministry is just as much to the parents because you have to think about parents are going through a lot behind the doors of those homes that we don't know about. But when we, when we really look at their kid, you can see pain sometimes. So for me, ministering to the whole family as their teacher, you know, partnering with the parent and being on their team is a huge part of why I have always loved it. Yeah, it's so good. So you went back to pursue a degree in mental health counseling. What made you decide to do that? Well, Allie, I, that was kind of a surprising thing. It's not what I thought I was going to do, but I started realizing 
pretty early on in my career that I really loved the special needs population. I have a sister. I'm one of five, like Amanda said, but one of my sister has some exceptionalities or special needs and she is my best friend. And so I grew up not realizing that everyone wouldn't love that population. And I was so sad to see as a teacher that there were more teachers than I realized who didn't want these kids with exceptionalities is what I call them because they are exceptionally amazing, but who did not want these kids in their class. So I decided to pursue a degree in mental health counseling for a couple reasons. I wanted to understand these children better. And I'm talking about things from Downs to autism to cerebral palsy. I mean, I really wanted to understand um, just the child. And I also wanted to understand their parents. I wanted to understand what their parents were going through. Mm. And and also um, a lot of things that we see that are affecting us today even more than they were when I got my degree, but we have a lot of kids struggling with anxiety and a lot of kids who um, are just worried and don't even don't know how to handle it. And if you look at their families, there's a lot of times a parent who is also struggling with anxiety. So just to be able to come alongside them and say, Hey, let me, let me partner with you in this, but I couldn't do that without understanding it. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't ever have the desire to be a counselor. I more went back and got that degree to become a better teacher. And I realized it would help me in ministry, which Eric and I have always been in ministry. So I, it's been a, it's been an amazing degree just um, to have because you're educated enough to be able to walk alongside people who are hurting. Hmm. Did you go back when you had children? Was that after? No, it was when we had did not have kids yet. And that's another part of our story. We, we, it took us a long time to have children. We struggled with infertility for a long time. That's another episode. But um, we, when I was teaching in Cincinnati, we lived in Cincinnati for almost four years. And my school district there was so kind. They paid for I can't remember what percentage it was. It was a very high percentage of the, of your degree. And wow. I got my degree at that point. So we did not have kids. And, but, you know, and I know it was easier not having kids, but if anyone's thinking about going back and getting a degree, someone said to me, um, and it's true, education is never wasted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. Even though I've never practiced account counseling as far as like in a private practice, um, although I have done it within a school, but I haven't done it within a private practice. I, I do not believe the degree was wasted at all. I see so much good that came from it. Yeah, that's encouraging. And I don't even know your whole story um, with the infertility. I know some of it, but just listening to you talk about just the time, like thinking about the time that you had to go and do that, you know, yep. I put that on your heart. I love how God gives us all different passions and absolutely, you know, and it all stemmed from having a sister, you know, that you could, you were just passionate about and you wanted to be able to expand that in your classroom and at school and counseling and, um, and just God's timing. I'm sure that you could speak into a lot of that. And there's probably a long story with all of that, but I do love just thinking about God's timing how he gave you time to work on that. Definitely. Um, so how, 
you you uh, you started a program for special needs kids at your church isn't that correct yeah that's right so um it really really the passion behind that um started years ago i started realizing as a teacher that oftentimes these children with special needs exceptionalities were left out of a lot of things that our our children who don't have exceptionalities they're, they're called um, typical children that get to do such as play dates, birthday parties, just being invited to do anything. A lot of times kids with special needs are left out. They're not invited. Mm. And I started really having my heart broken. I was sitting in a meeting one day and um, this mom was just kind of saying that her child, and he was in third grade at the time, had never been invited to a birthday party. And this kid was in my class and I thought, he's amazing. I, people are really missing out by not inviting mm. him. But we tend to be afraid of what we don't know. Yeah. And so um, that just kind of got the ball rolling in my head of what can we do to, to bridge this gap? And this is when we lived in Tennessee still. But I started thinking, why can't I create a big play date? And because what I was seeing happening in my classroom was once you expose typical children to kids with special needs, they they love them. Kid, kids are quick to love and accept, but if they're not exposed, mm -hmm. then we can't expect them to know what to do. Yeah. So, and it all starts with the adult, right? It starts with how the adult treats the child. So I started realizing that, wow, like the more these kids see how amazing each other are, the, the this, these relationships are growing and, and I'm seeing them want to sit by each other and want to play together on the playground. So we started a program in our school for kids, both typical kids and special needs kids. And it was on Fridays and um, we organized it like a big play day. So you can just picture a gym where there's, there are state, it's a very organized play date. So stations set up around the room and I just had full volunteers run it, volunteer parents. Pa actually, and I had parents run it who were of typical kids because I wanted them to be there to see how awesome our special needs kids are. So they came and ran it and we would put kids in groups by grade so that they would get to know each other. And it just kind of blew up. And we, I realized this is a huge need. And down the road, I started seeing kids that were developing relationships start going on vacation together and just really cool things that were happening simply because of exposure. So when we moved, to, when we moved here, um, yes, it started something sim like that at our church, just to bridge the gap between the community and the church. And it's been beautiful. It's been really beautiful. I love that. I should have something like that here. Mm -hmm. Well, I love your heart and being obedient to to do that and just not just think about it, but to act on it and actually do that. And it makes me think about our very first guest on Living Out Loud, which was almost five years ago. Yeah. Her name is Shannon Richardson. Mm -hmm. And when you said that about not being invited to um, birthday parties, it made me remember she has a daughter um, on the autism spectrum. And mm -hmm. she said that she said that people are afraid to invite um, kids with special needs to birthday parties. And it just means so much to her um, when people do, you know, and um, so it's a, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. So if you are 
you know, wondering about that to just, you know, put a lot of thoughts, thought into it instead of just passing over it and not giving it another thought. That's right. Kay, I know you're passionate about discipling kids. I mean, obviously your own and others, but what does that look like for you? Well, I, you know, I'll just add one thing. Amanda, you made me think of something, and Allie, I'll answer your question at the same time. Yeah. So, so my mother-in-law told me um, recently um, we had a situation happen where I had we had some extra kids in our house for a little bit, and and I said, gosh, I, I want to make sure that I take care of, of these kids, but also take care of my own kids. And she said, okay, you know what's best for your kids? And I said, no, I mean, I don't have any clue. And she said, what's best for your kids is to see you love and minister to the other kids. Mm. And that is really true. So as we're creating children who are disciples, there's some really tangible things, which I'll, I'll tell you about. But I think one of the most other, uh, maybe intangible in a, in a way, things that we can do is just to model for our kids how to love people really well. And I think for me, that did start with, to tie it back to the um, program for exceptional kids. And just to say to my kids, you know, the Lord says that he is going to be near the brokenhearted and save the crushed in spirit. And we want to join him where he's working. So many families of children with exceptionalities are brokenhearted. And they feel crushed because they are turned away from things over and over again. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to come alongside. We're going to love them and we're going to learn from them. This is a two-way street here, not just us giving to them. They're going to give to us more than we could ever possibly imagine. And so I think the first step of discipleship with kids is just teaching them through example modeling how to treat people well um that's the first thing mm-hmm. okay but now i've forgotten what you asked me Allie. you asked me what it looked like for me right 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 okay so so i think i think for me first that's a, that's a big thing is just um exposing my kids and not just my kids exposing kids in our community um teaching them how to get, love people who aren't like them. That's very unnatural for a child. You know, for a child, it's just, she gets on my nerves because she annoys me. And so you can't be mad at your kid for feeling that way if they've never been exposed and taught how to respond. So that I would say is step one. Step two is, um, you know, getting in the, getting in the trenches with them. So one thing that, my girls inspired me to do so even in every year 10 and 12 now, but they were, I guess, six and eight. When we started this, we started a program in our public school. And I want to really encourage if you're a mom out there and you're thinking, I want to do a better job discipling my kids and their friends. This was a easy thing to do. And it produced amazing, amazing fruit because the Lord used his word. So I was a teacher in the school. So by law, I couldn't lead a Bible study in the school, but my girls wanted to do something like that. And every summer we had a backyard kids club at our house where we would have like 
80 neighbors come and it's basically a condensed BBS, but at our house. And so they, it was their favorite thing we did all summer. So they would say, how can we do that? Let's do that. Let's do it some more. Let's do it some more. And obviously I couldn't, couldn't do that as a teacher, but I said, we can start a Bible study before school. So we had late start Wednesdays. So I found a parent who had a, who lived right across the street from our school. And I said, Hey, would you let us use your house to do a Bible study for any kid who wants to come in our elementary school? Actually, I think we did it second through fifth grade. And she said, for sure. So uh, we just kind of threw it out there and kids started coming and a lot a lot of kids came, both kids who were involved in churches and then half the kids weren't involved in any church, but they were faithful to come. And I, it makes my heart just so happy and grateful to God because after we moved, that was probably the thing I had the hardest time leaving um, when we moved a year and a half ago, but that Bible study is still going stronger than ever. And so as a mom, if you're out there as a mom and wondering how you can just really do something hands-on, this is it. Our sponsor for this podcast is our favorite coffee shop with the best coffee in town, Lost Dog Coffee. They are located in Taylor, which is only seven minutes from the square. Not only is it inviting, it's super cozy and it feels like you're having coffee in your friend's living room. The coffee equipment is unique and it's the only one like it in the whole state of Mississippi. Their hours are Wednesday through Sunday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. So grab a girlfriend and enjoy a wonderful cup of coffee. God reminds me all the time that every situation is a teaching time for your kids. Yeah. What we do matters. What we say matters. So this is so not anything to do with that. But last night we, we do a thing here called the Chick-fil-A Princess Ball. And so yes. we've done it for the last eight years, which is amazing. It's been such a great um, thing for our community. And like these kids, they look forward to it all year. And so it's grown so much. We have it over a three-day period now. And um, we were on our last night last night. And I say that because we have three boys. We don't have girls. But our heart is, you know, we want to bring daughters and and fathers, daddies and daughters together. And that just to kind of give them a night together. And our boys have always come and served at the princess ball. So they are boys with this room full of girls of all ages and they're serving chicken sandwiches, chicken, chicken sandwiches or chicken nuggets. And, um, so they've done that throughout the years. Well, this year, my oldest is away at college and then my 16-year-old, he had lacrosse practice every night. And um, my youngest one, he, he's almost nine. He went and he got there and he was like, okay, what am, I, what am I here to do? I didn't come here to do nothing, you know. But the whole time he's like, he loves it. But then there's the, those moments where he's like, this is so awkward. Like I'm the only boy here. And there's a lot of girls his age there. And it was just a time for me to speak into him of like, look at all those girls, little girls dancing with their dads. And, you know, I would say to my other boys throughout the years, and I got to say to him last night of like, if God gives you a little girl one day when you get married, this is so important for you to take time with your daughter to tell her 
how beautiful she is and how special she is so that she will know how much that you love her and how much God will, uh, she'll know how much God loves her. That is like a long story to come to this of like, it is so important to take all of those little moments, you know, God took me there and show, you know, gave me those words to say to him in those moments, but we can just like, you know, skip over those times and those moments and not say anything, but God has some truth to speak to them in everything. And we as parents, just like, you know, special needs. I mean, your daughters have, are growing up to love those with special needs in a way that, you know, God has called us to. And that's because you have taken the time to speak that into them. Well, it's, it's important to me um, because it's personal for me. Yeah. And I, I do really believe that I had a friend just a couple of days ago and I agree, Amanda, like taking every opportunity that that is so important. You know, when you're in the car in traffic, which I hate, but that's when some of the best conversations happen with your kids. It is. And, it's true. and the other thing is playing, you know, when you're playing with your kids that I mean, there's tons of research on this, but um, you know, it's a whole, it's the whole idea behind play therapy. But if, if you have a child, which one of mine is, that's more introverted and doesn't share every detail of her day all the time, then when you're, but when we're playing, things do come out because she's um, comfortable and a little bit um, distracted and she lets her guard down. So um, super important. But what I was going to say is that I had a friend just this week who texted and said, she was so upset with her daughter, first grade daughter, because she had seen her at school at at um kid, at pickup time be rude to a little girl with special needs, like say, "Mom, she annoys me. She's getting on my nerves because she doesn't have a great um, the little girl didn't have a great sense of personal space." So, she, which is part of her disability, I'm sure. So she. My friend was like, I'm so embarrassed. The mom heard. I don't know what to do. And she, she'd done a beautiful job. She'd gone up to the mom and said, I am so sorry. You know, I'm going to try to help my daughter understand. Can you help me understand what we can do to love your daughter better? And, and the mom, totally brokenhearted, just said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what else to do. Like, in other words, I am like, I am dying over here as a mom of this special needs child who, while she's precious, she's hard. And so I told my friend, I said, well, two things. Um, first of all, like we've already said, I said, she's only, your daughter's only in first grade. So has she ever been exposed to a child who God created her brain differently? And I said, does she know that? Does she know that while she looks like you on the outside, God created her brain in his image, but different than yours? And she said, Probably not. And I said, okay, then don't expect her to act like anything other than a child who someone is in her personal space. So it's just using all those, but I told her it's a great opportunity. And the second thing was to just expose her, like find ways to expose your kids and to use this as a teaching opportunity. Um, You know, we're always so quick as parents, including me, to to get on to our kids and correct them. And that's part of our job as parents, but that, you know, shepherding and teaching must, must come alongside that. And so, but it's sometimes hard to discern which one, which one to do when, you know, I don't know which one to do now, but maybe if always 
I think always erring towards teaching um, is good. Yeah. Is good. It's so important. And I'm learned, I, I have learned through the years and still learning that to take those teaching opportunities every time you can, let the Holy Spirit lead you. And like you said, the car is the best place. That is, we have had the most important conversations in the car on the way to school. And bedtime. And bedtime. bedtime. Yes. Um, but I do think that I have learned to not go quickly to the teaching, but mm-hmm. to say, I hear you. I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I can understand why, because I have had the tendency, I have repented of this, <laughs> um, but I, I was, I used to look at it like that's because I'm the mom and I'm trying to teach them. Mm-hmm. I would always kind of make them look at the other side too quick. Like I'm always defending the other person. Yeah, that's good. I've learned that I need to, you know, listen and go, I I can understand why that would be hard for you or whatever. And then, you know, as the Holy Spirit leads, share with them that teaching moment of the other side. But I was always so quick, but it's so important, like you said, to take those times to teach. Um, did you well, have- and I, I think they're more receptive of that because we are, as adults, more receptive mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. of that style of teaching of, I hear you, I'm validating yep. your feelings, they're real, like, I get it, I've been there mm-hmm. too, but let me show you a better way. Yeah. You know, let me explain other options or ways to think about this. And I mean, I'm going to be honest. I mean, like, it's hard, I've though. had to learn that, like, I learned that with my husband. And that's absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I was going to compare it because, to Mary's first. Yes, yeah. and I'm sure like all of you, I know Kay's like this because Eric mentioned this in the, the episode they were in, mm-hmm. but Kay and I are a lot alike like this, like um, trying to show, like see the other side, but it's not right. that we're not on their team. I'm yeah. on my husband's team, yeah. but I do always kind of consider see it better and so I want him to be able to see it the same (laughs) take it like on the other side and my kids did that too and so I had to really like learn even though my heart was right Mm -hmm. and I was right Mm -hmm. (laughs) um I really was like because I because you know like I want them to be quick to forgive because I know that's going to help them Mm -hmm. right I can't make them yeah you know and so like I would I've learned to listen Mm -hmm. and you know does that make sense? Yes. And I had a professor in college um, when I was getting my master's who said this, and I've never forgotten it. He said, this is so simple and so common sense, but if you really think about it, he said, every person's behavior makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. So instead of just looking at whoever, you know, your husband, your kid, your friend, whoever, and saying, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen anyone do in my life. <laughs> instead of which is natural, right? Instead yeah. of that, stop and you have to stop and think. Okay, her response. If I'm thinking about my girls, her response right now makes sense to her. You know, we had this happen this morning. This morning, Evie couldn't find her uh, jacket that she has to wear to school. They have to wear one with their uniforms, and it's 56 degrees this morning, so she kind of needed a jacket. And I've told her that jacket is your responsibility to keep up with. If you lose it, then you don't have a jacket. Yeah. And so I came in the house from working out in the garage and she's losing her mind. And it <laughs> kind of made me lose my mind. And, and, and then, you know, if I really, it took her a while to calm down, but you know, I'm thinking she is so frustrated with herself right now. 
Mm-hmm. Like this, what feels like is lashing out on me and everyone in her path is really her being frustrated that once again, she has misplaced her jacket. Right. Yeah. So, but it take, it's hard. It's hard to bring yourself back. Yeah. Think about it like that. Right. Well, here's a quick, I'm going to, this is kind of funny to me. I'm going to say it really quick. That reminded me of like Cade one day he got in the car and he was telling me about this person and he was like, he is such a butt. And I, I'm like the first thing in me as a mom is like, don't call people a butt. But you know, I, I stopped myself because I'm like, I've done that a lot. And I'm like, I totally understand. And I'm glad that you're telling me he's being a butt. And you're going to tell him or anybody else because we don't call people butts. Right. But it was, you know, it's not even a, it's not a cuss word, but it's not a word I want my nine year old calling people. But anyway, I just think that's so funny, but I think he's responding better because he's not seeing me go, don't call people a butt. We don't call yeah. people names. Yeah. Him, you know, yeah. he's like, oh, this is an okay feeling, but right. I don't need to react this yes. way. And he was right. He, the guy, yeah. the boy was being a butt. Yeah. And so I'm like, I totally get it. Just pray for more him. butts in his life. So. And I'm glad that he's not calling him anything else, you know? So anyway, okay. We've got to wrap up, but you, for our listeners, Kay is a pastor's wife. His, Mm -hmm. um, they are at Mariner's church. She and her husband were, her husband is the senior pastor. It's a huge church in Orange County. And, um, I want to know about that. I know you have a passion for pastor's wives. So what do you want to do about that today? I do. I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, we have covered so many topics. We're doing amazing. Oh, this is cool. This is conversation though. Right? Totally. You know, I've had a, I've had a, um, I've had a burden and a passion for pastor's wives for as long as I can remember. And even when we were young, Amanda, and doing this for the first time, and I remember saying to Eric, I will, before he, before I knew I was going to marry him, I remember saying, I will never marry a pastor. I will never do that because my mentality of a pastor's wife um, was what I had growing up. And she wore culottes and drank tab and didn't wear any makeup. And none of those things resonated with me. So I just thought if I'm going to do this, which when the Lord called me to do it, to do it, I thought, well, I'm going to, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. And God showed me that he nowhere in his word says, this is what a pastor's wife should be. What he does say is this is what a wife should be. And this is what a godly woman should be. So um, I was so excited when we moved here because we do have a fairly large staff and all the pastor's wives that put me in direct contact with. And I love them so much. And we meet once a month and we um, have a lot of fun together. And we right now are going through a Bible study together, but we don't always do that. We always eat. We always play. We always laugh. And sometimes we go through a Bible study, but not every time. And then we go on a retreat once a year and just, I, I just have a passion to pour into them and their kids and I want, and their kids are important to me too, that they feel loved. And I want their kids to feel like the church is somewhere they can run when they mess up, when they do good, it doesn't matter. I want them to know the church is not a place where they're looked at to be perfect, but the church is a place where they're looked at and they're accepted period. Mm-hmm. I love that. And you know, as you know, I've been a pastor's wife, so it is so important to have someone like you who is pouring into, it's a different world. And I don't think a lot of people realize that, you know, um, a lot of times 
people want you to be perfect, you know, mm-hmm. and what I love about you, Kay, is that you are the most genuine, down-to-earth, amazing person, and I know, I know, I'm, I haven't even, well, I have been to your church one time, you weren't there, remember? <laughs> yeah, I do remember <laughs> But I know that you are there and you are not pretending to be perfect. You are not pretending to have it all together. I know that you are there saying, look, I am flawed just like everyone else. And I need Jesus. Yep. No one has it all together. And I'm the first one to say that. And so I love that you were taking time to pour into um, your, your staff like that. It's amazing. Yes, I do. I do love I mean, There's some research that says that um, pastor's wives are the loneliest group of people in the church. Mm-hmm. Isn't that sad? And I understand that because you feel like you have to be so guarded. You want to be That's real, right. but you feel That's like right. you have to be so careful who you speak to about. And I, I think that you do have to be careful in general yeah. life. Um, you want to be real with that. You do have those closest friends, accountability people that you know that you can just share with. Yeah. Yeah. Especially about problems mm. with your husband because yep. your friend's pastor. Mm. Like that's gotta be right. very difficult if you don't have an outlet. That's that. right. Yeah. So Austin, who is here, I think she has a question for you, Kay. Okay. Okay, it's not really a serious question. That's okay. I like that. Seriously interested. But um, is there anybody famous that goes to y'all's church since y'all live in the Hollywood <laughs> That's a good one. Like, I'm you're so cute. Or movie anybody, stars. Anybody that we would know from TV. Oh, my goodness. I am the so the worst person to ask this because I do not. I, this, I do care. I care about them as people. I, I really, really do care about them as people. Um, but I don't recognize anybody. Like, I, could, I could be standing right beside someone and have no idea who they are. So I have, I have heard we have a few um, that rotate through. Have I met them and seen them? Nope. Because I, you know what? Maybe I have met them and seen them and just don't even know it. I did think a few weeks ago, this I'm probably wrong, but um, do you guys know who Dr. Pimple Popper is? I've heard She's a TV show, and yeah, I really thought I saw her in church. I really did, but it was from a distance, and probably I, I might have been. I, I'm probably cool to her, <laughs> and just see. <laughs> I really should have. It was during church, and I. But but you know, I wish I could answer that better for you, Austin. I I don't. I don't know is the answer, I think. That's a fun question. Okay, well, I think we need to come to y'all's church, and I'm just going to bring my binoculars. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that. We, we should make a trip out there because, um, really, you would love listening. You could listen, like, not go in there. But it's an excuse to go meet Kay and Eric, and Eric's an amazing pastor, I mean, preacher. You guys should come out here. It's the most amazing place. Oh, my goodness. We love living out here. Hey, that's Girl's what I was going to ask you, because I've talked to you a little bit when you first moved there, but you've been there now a little longer. So how are you, Louisiana girl, doing in California? What are your favorite? I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I can't even believe how much I love it. It's, that's awesome. It's such, an, it's such an amazing place to live for so many reasons, um, but course the weather is incredible I love the diversity I love um interesting foods I our church is really at the top of that list um it's just been it's 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 such a fun place to live it's a place I would vacation if I didn't live here I'll put it that way 
Mm-hmm. We love those beaches. We talked about that last time, just like how the water crashes on the rocks. And That's so pretty, yeah. My kids would love that they could go to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. <laughs> so, well, we're so glad that you are in such an amazing place that you're loving, that you're getting to pour into pastor's wives. And just um, thanks for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. We've so enjoyed it. 